Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. All right, this morning we are continuing our prophetic theme for 2020. What's the prophetic theme, everybody? Grow and go. And uh, so we've already talked about being, God's calling us to be the best version of you in 2020, which was our first message. Message This, uh, this morning, the second message. The second message is, uh, <laughs> you guys, yeah, just can't cope. Can't cope here, Lord. The second message was all about growing in our love and care for others. And it was a challenging message. How many have found you quite challenged in that message from the book of Philippians? And today I want to talk about the influence that God wants to bring through your life. And so I want to ask a couple of questions as we kick off this morning. And the first question is this. Has there ever been in a time in your life where you found yourself deep, deep down in the valley or you found that your life is being stalled for one reason or another and you were looking for a way out of that situation? And my second question is, as you look back on that time, well, maybe you're actually still in that place today. Maybe you're right in that valley this morning. As you look back on that time Was it a what or was it a who that got you out of that situation? Was it a what or was it a who that got you out of that situation? I guarantee that 99% of you will answer it was a who. It was a somebody, it was a group of people that God brought across your pathway, as well as obviously the Lord behind all the workings within our life and and Him directing people to our doorstep. But 99% of the time, when we've been through a very challenging time in our life, God sent a real person, a flesh and blood person, a person that cared, a person who had influence to a certain degree in your life, that they were able to help you move out of where you were in that tricky situation and move you out of that valley. Can I hear an amen this morning? You know, it's not like when we stand before the Lord and we review our life and we look back and we see, you know, all the the blips, the ups and the downs, and we look at one of the downs and we go, yes, Lord, that was my iPad. It really helped me in that situation. Or it was that amazing diet that I went on. It was just incredible. It really helped me in that situation. The reality is, is behind that iPad, there would have been a person. Behind that diet, there would have been a consultant. Behind that issue that you may have had, there was a counsellor that came alongside and helped you. If you let them. Hello. Hello. If you let them, instead of doing the good, proud, Kiwi, independent thing, all right, I'll make it on my own, by helter or by skelter, we'll get there, but I ain't letting anybody else help me, no way. 
No, God brought miniature bits of living clay your way to help you get to that place. So where am I going with all of this this morning with this prophetic message on grow and go? It's simply this, friends. If somebody did that for you, wouldn't you want to be that person that can do it for somebody else? And this is what I've discovered. There's a spiritual equation at work in our lives, and it's this. Personal growth equals influence where you're able to impart and help and lift others out of their tricky situation. Grow, growth equals influence equals impact in people's lives. The converse is true. Stagnancy, getting stuck equals the opposite of influence where you're actually not really offering something to somebody else in which you can help them in their situation. I was thinking this morning about the Good Samaritan. Story that Jesus told, a parable. And in that story, he said there was a man that was going down to Jericho. And while he was on his journey... He came across a bunch of thugs. These are some of the G's that are mentioned in the Bible. And they, the Bible says that they robbed him of his possessions, but they also beat him and they also stripped him of his clothes. So it wasn't just your ordinary kind of like pickpocket. This was something that was a little bit more heavier than that. And he was incapacitated, which means he couldn't move and he was left for dead the Bible literally says half dead on the side of the road. Now Jesus, as he's telling the story, says the first person that comes down the road and actually sees this man who's bleeding, who's naked, who's obviously come into trouble, he is none other than a priest, a person who is supposed to help others. And when he sees the situation, he obviously evaluates the situation and he decides to walk across the opposite side of the road and carry on on his way and leave the man still bleeding and in need of help. Jesus says a second man comes down the road. This time he's a bit, he's a bit more of a heavyweight. He's a Levite from the priestly tribe. You know, he's got ancestral roots, this guy. He's a shining spiritual star, being a Levite. And he sees the similar situation. He does exactly the same as the priest, swaps the side of the road, pretends he didn't see it, carries on walking down the side of the road. Now, Jesus is answering. He's telling the story in answer to the question of the lawyer who said to him, well, who is my neighbor? And he's giving a story to demonstrate who your real neighbor is. And so he then says, a Samaritan is walking down the road. Now, Samaritans are half-breeds, they're half-castes. And Samaritans were hated and disliked by the Jewish people. They were considered a half-breed race, a bit of this and a bit of that. And so the Samaritans and the Jews never had anything to do with each other. And so Jesus is making a real point when he says a Samaritan comes walking down the road because he sees the man. And in the scriptures, if we have a quick look at this, get away, Siri. She sometimes comes up when I'm talking. Says this in Luke chapter 10, verse 34. So the Samaritan went to him, bandaged his wounds, 
wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to the inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to them, take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, well, it was him that showed mercy, the Samaritan. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. If you were the man, or if you were a woman in a similar situation, and you were left half dead on the side of the road, which one would you choose? The Samaritan. The one who actually lifted a finger and did it. Notice, he went immediately to his side. He took out his bandages He poured in the oil and the wine, put some medicine on the wounds, and he picked him up, put him on his own donkey, took him to a motel, paid for the motel room, said to the motel owner, if I owe you anything more, if he's still here in a few days' time, then I'll pay the bill as I come back. That's what I call personal growth. Now, the question we have to ask ourselves today is simply this. What happened to the first two guys? Why didn't they stop? In the Bible, we're not told. Jesus doesn't tell us why they didn't stop. But one thing we can understand this morning is simply this. They hadn't grown personally enough in themselves to actually make a difference to the man who needed help when he needed it. And so when we talk about grow and go, we're talking about making a personal commitment to making a difference in people's lives because we've made the hard decision that we're not going to stay as we are, but we're going to personally grow over 2020. And as a result of our growth, we will have influence and we will have impact in people's lives. Can I hear an amen to that? Personal growth equals your level of impact and influence increasing today. I want us to go to an early scripture in the life of Christ. If we're looking for a model, let's go to Jesus himself, the ultimate model who lived a sinless life, had incredible influence in three and a half years, turned the world upside down, influenced and, and, and mentored 12 men who then went on to make an incredible, and the ripple effect out of those 12 men changed the world and continue to change the world today. Because they made a decision when Jesus chose them that they were going to walk with Jesus no matter what. And as a result of that, the influence out of their lives was absolutely phenomenal. So we're looking at Jesus' early life in Luke 2.40, one very simple verse. And the child grew. Hello. And the child grew. Well, of course a child grows. Of course he grows. But look at where he says he grew. He became strong in spirit. That's your inner life. That's the place where you connect with God, where the Holy Spirit's connecting with your spirit as a born-again Christian. He grew strong in spirit, number one. Number two, filled with wisdom. You know what that means? It means that Jesus knew how to navigate life. He knew what to do in any given situation. When the problem was given to him, he knew how to solve it. He knew what to do, what to say, where to go in a given situation. That's what wisdom will do for you. So he grew strong in spirit on the inside. He had a strong inner life. I mean, who goes without food for 40 days at the start of your ministry? 
no food for 40 days and comes back strengthened with the Holy Spirit and the Bible says angels ministered to him. Sometimes I say, Lord, I haven't seen an angel yet. I'd like them to minister to him. And I hear the Lord saying, we'll go and fast for 40 days. <sighs> oh, okay. Uh, pass on that one. Let's go again. Let's try something else. And number three, and the grace of God was upon him. This simply means this. Jesus lived his life in such a way that he nurtured the favor and the grace of God it was always upon his life. There was never a time except for the darkness of him hanging on the cross where God's favor and grace was not upon the life of Jesus. And so I'm hearing, I don't know what you're hearing in the spirit church this morning, but I'm hearing this call to personal growth strongly over 2020 because that's where our influence will come from. That's where our impact truly lies is because we have allowed the influence of God within our life. We've stretched the barriers. We've allowed God to come and speak and come and move. And as uh, Faith brought that word this morning, whatever he tells you to do, do it. There's the power in that whole situation. So Jesus is now 12 as we move through his young life. And the family's gone up for the Passover to Jerusalem. And, uh, and they've left Jerusalem. Passover's all finished. They've left Jerusalem. They obviously roll as a family and groups of family, all the cousins, everybody else there. And suddenly, mum and dad, Mary and Joseph, realize that Jesus is not with them. And he's only 12. And so they, they're madly trying to find him. They run here and there, and then they end up back in Jerusalem. And where do they find him? They find him in the synagogue, teaching men three times his age the Word of God in such a way that they, the Word says they were amazed and they were astonished. You see, that's what personal growth does for you. When you make a commitment to grow and be strong in spirit, to be filled with wisdom and to allow God's grace upon your life, you will be astonished at the impact that that will have around about your life. Verse 47 of chapter 2, Luke, all who heard him, who's him? Jesus, 12 years old, were astonished. That means to be filled with sudden and overpowering surprise, wonder, and amazement. They were amazed, they were in awe, they were in wonder at this young 12-year-old because of the personal growth and influence within his life and, and, and at his understanding and his answers. So when they saw Jesus, they were amazed and his mother said, Son, why have you done this to us? Any mother's reaction when a boy's decided. I remember one of my sons, he did that to me once in the middle of Brisbane. He wanted to go and play space, spacey games. And, uh, and he took off in one direction, and I thought he was with us, and I turned around and he wasn't there, and we're in this big city, and he's only about seven years old, didn't know where he was, and that kind of got us into a bit of a flap as parents. And so I can Im imagine Mary, she's, she's frustrated, and she's, she's saying, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought for you anxiously. And Jesus said to his parents, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And they didn't understand the statement. You see, friends, when you make a commitment to personal growth, you will be about your father's business. His business will be very high on your agenda. 
you will find that it will creep in every part of your life where you are looking to bring Jesus' influence through every outlet and inlet into your life in order to influence other people. So at Jesus' first opportunity to extend his wings and to grow, what is he doing? He's teaching the learned men in the synagogue, the scholars who are absolutely astonished with amazement at what's coming out of his life because he grew, because he'd made that commitment. And verse 51, listen to this. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. That means that he submitted to them in obedience, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. She's going, wow, I've got a special kid on my hands here. Something amazing is happening right in my, in my, in my doorstep. All those prophecies that the angel Gabriel gave to me, when he told me that I was going to be pregnant carrying the son, they're all coming back and I'm starting to realize that this boy of mine is incredible. And verse 52, look at this again. And Jesus increased. Hello. Not decreased. Not remained neutral. The tide was coming in on his life and Jesus increased. And it says here, in wisdom and stature, in favor with God and in favor with men. Woohoo! Man, is he making an impact. And I just want to make a quick point here. Most of us, when we're younger, we do a thing called an IQ test. None of us really want to know what our IQ is. We don't want to be confined by some kind of a test, but it's an intelligent quotient. And the result of that test is supposed to tell you how intelligent you are. But what about an SQ test? Your social quotient or your EQ, your emotional quotient, which is talking about how you're able to navigate people. Because I know a lot of really bright people who are absolutely hopeless with other people. They can't converse. They can't socialize. They can't talk, but boy, they can give you to the power of 10 of this, that, and the next thing with their mathematical equations. And this is what I want you to see today is that as Jesus increased and as he grew in wisdom and stature, where did that take him? It took him to the synagogue where other people were so he could socialize and influence their lives. It didn't take him to a cave in a hillside or a monastery where he spent his life on his own in solitary confinement, praying every day and every night and fasting three times a week. No, Jesus' increase and influence caused him to be taken as a 12-year-old boy out into society where the people were, where the real people were, living their lives, and He impacted their lives instantly. And this is what God will do in your life and my life if we allow the influence of the Holy Spirit and if we will take up the challenge that God is placing in our hands today. Hallelujah. I believe that the church is called called to be filled with people who are amazing, who are astonishing, who have incredible influence over people's lives, who won't go hiding and running away from society, but because of what they're carrying within their life, they want to mix with people. They want to share their lives with people. They want to be able to stretch and grow. Some of you, that's easy. 
some of you to get out there and mix and mingle with you. Without that, you'd be like, I'm, I'm getting fried. I'm getting fried here because I, I need people around me, people, people. But others of you are completely the opposite today. You are very happy with your own company. Thank you very much. Don't buzz me. Don't annoy me. Don't phone me. Don't text me. I'm happy doing my own thing. Well, the word of the Lord to you today is stretch and grow. Stretch and grow because Jesus actually wants you out where the people are. He actually wants you mixing, mingling and taking what you're learning and what God is showing you and impacting people's lives today. You know, we use a, a, a ruler in New Zealand to measure millimeters and centimeters. But our spirituality can be never measured by metrics or by millimeters and centimeters. It can't even be measured by how much of the Bible you read. It can't even be measured by you spending three hours every day with God in prayer. That's not how real spirituality is measured. Real spirituality is measured by the impact that you are making on other people's lives. By taking what God has given to you by you being prepared to stretch it out a little bit, allow God to take you a bit further than where you've ever gone before and see the outcome and the ripple effect of your life as you're prepared to let Jesus out. You know, I often get that picture. You know, the, the scripture is very clear. When you're born again, wherever you go, you take the Holy Spirit with you. He's within you. So when you, you're going out, to the food court, he's there with you. When you're going to see your bank manager, praise God, he's there with you. Amen. When you're going to see the accountant, praise God, he's there with you. But wherever you go, you're taking him with you and he wants to jump out of you onto all those people that you're mixing with in order for you to have influence within their lives. And really the alternative for us of turning down, growing personally and growing and the grace of God within our life, it's not a very, very appealing alternative. Because what it really means is that you're agreeing to live with stagnancy in your life. You're agreeing to a stunted life of spiritual growth if you're not prepared to make a personal commitment to grow within your life. Um, low impact, small influence. I want to finish with a few verses from Isaiah 54 this morning. This is a prophecy to the children of Israel. They weren't doing too good. They wanted to be more fruitful, but they felt incredibly barren. Now, any woman who's desired to have children and can't have children, you'll be able to relate in depth to this verse, these verses of Scripture, where the prophet calls out the nation and his first thing he says, sing, O barren. Nobody feels like singing when they're barren. That's the opposite of what you feel like. God says, I want you to start stepping out in faith. I want you to start moving in the opposite direction. No matter how you feel, I want you to activate the spirit within you 
that even in your barrenness that you will prophetically step out and you will offer a song to the Lord. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing. Cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. God is saying, I'm going to do something astonishing in the midst of your barrenness. I'm going to produce fruitfulness where it's going to be a miraculous intervention of God within your life. I'm going to turn the tables around where you felt empty, dry, and barren. Suddenly you're going to know productivity. Suddenly you're going to know reproduction and a new level of influence within your life. Verse 2. Enlarge. Let's say that together. Enlarge. Praise God. Not this frame, but enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Friends, why don't you declare with me today a season of spiritual enlargement and personal growth over your life from barrenness to fruitfulness over the course of 2020. A place of personal enlargement where you are making room. I call it being a capacious people. What that means is capacity is what you have the ability to receive within your life. To grow in your ability to receive and therefore give out from your life a place of enlargement. Grow bigger on the inside. Where did Jesus grow? He grew in strong in spirit, the Word says. Tackle the F-260. There's a whole lot of you that are reading. I'm hearing every day reports of what God is speaking to you about with the F260 Bible reading program. It's phenomenal what I see God doing in your lives, those of you that have decided to take it on as a personal growth challenge. And your input is actually inspiring me. When I hear all the stuff that God's speaking to you about, about your Bible reading program, it is a delight to me personally. So journal, journal your observations. Grow bigger in the place of prayer, that place of spiritual enlargement. So, you know, this is interesting. The next verse, this is what it says. Let them, let them. I don't want you to focus on stretch. Let them. Are you allowing people? to stretch you? Or have you got a door that says private? Nobody is allowed in. Because personal growth will only come if you're willing to open the door. Let them stretch out the, the curtains, the scripture says. Give people an invitation to come and help you in your life. If you're struggling today, don't keep your struggles to yourself. Find somebody that you can allow to come and help you stretch. Do not spare. Don't come with a poverty mentality. That's what this is saying. Do not spare. He's saying lengthen the cords, strengthen the ropes. He's saying roll it out. 
Come to that place of enlargement. Don't always allow people to contain you and confine you. Don't be a contained person. Break out of the containment and allow yourself to grow to new external barriers in your life. Push them out. Push them back. You sound really excited about that this morning. (laughs) Do not spare. If you have a poverty mentality about your spiritual growth, then that's what you're going to have. You're going to have stunted and stagnant spiritual growth. Listen to this last one. Strengthen your stakes. What does that mean? If you're building more room in your tent, and if you're expanding the walls of your tent, you need to bang your tent pegs in deeper. Because when the winds come, when the storms come within your life, if those tent pegs aren't nailed in deeper, strengthen those pegs. If they're not banged in heavier, then this is what happened. They'll get ripped out. In the middle of your uh, valley experience, those pegs will get ripped out and suddenly your tent is not just flapping in the breeze, it's actually, it's gone. It's gone because you never strengthened the you never strengthened the pegs. You never allowed God to go deeper within your life as a result of what is going on and in and through your life. So how can we measure our spiritual growth? Can I just say this? Proverbs twenty four ten tells us how. And it's very, very it tells us whether we've grown or not. And here it is. I personally feel this speaking to my life at the moment. Proverbs 24.10. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. In other words, you can measure how well you're doing. When the pressure comes on, are you able to cope or are you unable to cope? If you have grown, when the day of adversity comes knocking on your door, your tent will stand your house will continue to stand because you've built it on the rock. You've built it on a personal motto within your life that says, I'm, I refuse stagnancy. I refuse to be stunted in my growth. I, with the Holy Spirit's help, am going to grow beyond where I've been before in 2019, 2018, 2017. That's last year. I'm not going to live with regrets. I'm going to get on with my life and, and, and I'm going to be one of the ones that says, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord today. So as I come to an end of this message, can I ask you, have you been contained? Have you done it to yourself? We all know what it's like. There's always someone somewhere in our history of growing up that has tried to contain you because they're insecure. They don't want you excelling. And so what they do is they try and put a damper on you and they try and confine you and contain you. They try and keep you in a little box because you're showing them up if you're going to grow personally. But sometimes we take some of those kid things into our adult life and we find that we're offering ourselves all kinds of excuses as to why I can't grow. It's time to put aside the excuses. It's time to call them for what they are, just excuses. You know, marine, a marine biologist will tell you this. If you place a shark in a small aquarium that normally grows to six feet, it will only grow to two or three feet. Why? Because it will only grow to the size of the container that it is in. 
And sometimes you need to recognize the fact that there has been containment and confinement around about your life, but you're no longer going to settle for that containment and confinement, and you're not going to allow yourself excuses. You're going to say, yes, Lord, here I am. Break me out of this box. Here I am. I'm coming out. I'm coming through. I'm coming out for you, Jesus, in, a, in, a, in, a, in the most positive and fantastic atmosphere and environment where Jesus is Lord. And I'm going to experience what it's like to be propelled forward, strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Could we stand to our feet this morning?